We honor thy ancestors this time of year because it's said that the veil between the worlds is thinnest. It's often celebrated or ritualized on October 31st, what is now known as Halloween. The actual moment of the cross quarter, the true midpoint moment between the fall equinox and the winter solstice happens early tomorrow morning, November 7th at 5.36 a.m. Eastern. While we were lighting candles, one of the songs we heard was a poem set to music, A Litany of Remembrance. It's by Rabbi Sylvan Kamins and Rabbi Jack Reamer. And it goes like this, in the rising of the sun and in its going down, and I invite you to say at the end of each line, we remember them. In the rising of the sun and in its going down, we remember them. In the blowing of the wind and in the chill of winter, we remember them. In the opening of buds and in the rebirth of spring, we remember them. In the blueness of the sky and in the warmth of summer, in the rustling of leaves and in the beauty of autumn, in the beginning of the year and when it ends, we remember them. When we are weary and in need of strength, we remember them. When we are lost and sick at heart, we remember them. When we have joys we yearn to share, we remember them. So long as we live, they too shall live, for they are now a part of us as we remember them. I know sometimes it's complicated, our beloved, are not so beloved dead. Our ancestors though, nevertheless. I invite you for a moment to think about yours, not just those you may be related to, but those connected to your people. It is not lost on me that we honor our ancestors just before the election in this country. <laughs> this election feels like it will make or break us make or break democracy or make or break this nation. This election may determine the direction of our country for many years to come. And I know that some of us, maybe most of us, are worried, nervous, unable to sleep, unable to think about much else. Some of us have stopped following the news except as it comes to us or except for headlines. And so we know what's going on, but not necessarily the details. I came across this from Starhawk that I, I wanted to share with you. She invites us to feel the presence of your family and family friends that you knew when you were growing up or that you know as you're growing up. Those who are refugees or were refugees, others who, um, fled Europe or some other country, escaped other countries, those who survived slavery and oppression in this country. And then hear the sad laments for those who did not survive and were its victims. Feel the presence of grandfathers and hear the songs of grandmothers, she says. Know their stories. Feel those who survived the potato famine 
and occupation of their lands and the whispers of ancestors centuries back whose names and stories are now forgotten, but who fell victim to the blood libel, the crusades, the hundreds of years of discrimination. Hear the screams of the women tortured and burned as witches, as heretics, of those who died rather than deny their faith. Hear those who fought the Romans and lost, and those who fought the Greeks and won for a time. Back and back, a long history of wars and struggles, of tribes fighting tribes, of kings and judges and rebels. Back to the ancient priestesses who long before the earth, before the stories were written, honored the earth and its fruitfulness, the life-giving waters, the sacred trees. This is our bloodline, our spirit line, a long line of imperfect people, just like we are, who had their own prejudices, their own faults and follies, but who struggled nevertheless to make a world more safe, more righteous, more just. Every bloodline is different, but in every line, every line, there are those who oppressed others and those who stood up against oppression and yearned for justice. Those who fought for a world of equality and peace, they are speaking to us now. What are they whispering, murmuring? Hear their voices building to a crescendo, shouting in our ears, danger, danger. The old lies are back, the old prejudices, the same toxic hate that fueled the, the Holocaust, the witch burnings, the genocide against indigenous people and the slave trade, the ancient, ancient lie that only one sort of people are worthy. Fight it, they say, because otherwise it will kill you and it will kill all hope of bringing balance back to our beautiful earth. There's an easy way to fight it this coming week. I'm going to guess that most of you, many of you have already voted, but if we haven't, we can. If enough of us who care about justice, who want to preserve democracy to get out and vote, if those who want to preserve democracy actually get out and vote, then the election deniers, the would-be autocrats and neo-fascists will be thwarted. But if we don't bother, if we're too complacent, too purist in our ideals, too dispirited by the endless frustrations of the political process, if we fail to use the power that we have because it's not as much power as we want, we will lose that power altogether. Our ability to counter climate change, to protect the health of women, the safety and opportunities for people of color, the rights of queer, and non-binary folks to safeguard the options of anyone capable of getting pregnant depends on what happens on Tuesday. Now is one of those moments when those of us who would like to remake the world on a more just foundation must come together with those who want to reform the world that is. Only then can we protect the gains toward democracy and freedom that our ancestors fought for 
Most of us in this country have ancestors who fought fascism in the 40s. And if you care about justice, if you care about equity, then in your spirit line are those who fought and died for the right to vote. For all people, listen to those voices. I'm going to put you on the spot, some of you. How many of you in here wrote letters or postcards or will work the polls or hand out sample ballots? Will you raise your hand? Look around. Look around at how many of you engaged. That's power. Thank you. Wake Still Sharp was a Unitarian minister and his wife, Martha, a social worker. As World War II began, they left their children behind in Wellesley, Massachusetts to rescue people they had never met in Europe. Risking arrest and worse at the hands of the Nazis, they operated in secret to help Jews, dissidents, and children escape from Czechoslovakia before the war. She managed the details in Prague while he traveled the continent raising money to fund their efforts. And then with war declared and the Germans closing in, they escaped on the Queen Mary to New York through seas patrolled by U-boats intent on sinking the pride of England's commercial fleet. They returned to their congregation and their children in West Wellesley, safe at home after saving hundreds of people. And then they went back. It could have easily cost them their lives. They both had narrow escapes from being captured. Their story is told in Defying the Nazis, The Sharps War, which is a document, documented, mm -hmm, I know that word, a documentary directed by Ken Burns and Artemis Joukowsky III, who's the Sharps' grandson. There are those who remember the Holocaust and those of us who have been taught to remember and commit to never again. There are always those who have gone before us who said, and not now. These are our Unitarian Universalist and Unitarian and Unitarian Universalist and Unitarian Universalist ancestors. We get to claim them now in all their imperfections and all their courage and to say along with them, not now, not on our watch. Sometimes our ancestors are those with whom we don't share a bloodline, but a heart line, a spirit line. Writer Rebecca Solnit this week shared info from the Washington Post that makes white evangelicals, of which we are not. White evangelicals seem like a huge block. But then she shared also that NPR reminds us, or NPR said that White evangelicals are only 14% of the U.S. voting population. Only 14%. She reminds us that their worldview gets a lot of attention from the media, as though their needs are more paramount, their opinions matter more, which feeds their sense that they should have decisive power which is part of why they reject the outcome of elections that don't go their way, since those elections are won by voters outside their club. The history of this country has been written as their story, and the news sometimes still tells it this way. One of the battles of our time, she writes, is about who the story is about, 
who matters and who decides. I don't know what will happen on Tuesday, what will be the outcome all across the nation. I don't know how much sway 14% of the population will have on the vote. I can only take heart by other elections in other countries and in some states here that are rejecting the hate of their own. But if hate should win this one, I know it's temporary. And I know that it doesn't live in my heart. And I don't think it lives in yours either. Temporary can seem like a long time. Eventually though, love wins. W.H. Alden wrote on September 1st, 1939, all I have is a voice to undo the folded lie, the romantic lie in the brain of the sensual man in the street and the lie of authority whose buildings grope the sky. There is no such thing as the state and no one exists alone. Hunger allows no choice to the citizen or the police. We must love one another or die. We must love one another or die. We must love this earth or die. Barbara Kingsolver says that she's a hopeful person, although not necessarily optimistic. She explains, the pessimist would say, it's going to be a terrible winter. We're all going to die. And the optimist would say, oh, it'll be all right. I don't think it'll be that bad. And the hopeful person will say, maybe someone will still be alive in February. So I'm going to put some potatoes in the root cellar just in case. Hope is a mode of resistance, a gift we can try to cultivate. I don't know what will happen on Tuesday, but I know that I will be here next Sunday to see you, to be with you, to hug you, to offer solace, to offer gratitude, to let you know I am not giving up. There's a fight for our democracy and there's a fight for the humanity and dignity of people on the margins, people I love and people you love, and we have to be in it to win it. We need each other for that. We need our Unitarian Universalist faith for that. We can rely on the stories of our ancestors for that. If not bloodline, then spirit line. We can rely on this Unitarian Universalist faith for that. We can rely on each other for that.